Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Mike Lynch. What's going on? This is Rashad. This is the Sports Sunday podcast. Thanks so much for listening. It is now brought to you on the fan by your local Les Schwab Tire Centers. Doing the right thing since 1952. Kick the tires and light the fires, Big Daddy. The matchups, the superstars, the games. Starting defense, place at the table. This is Football Sunday on the Fan, a comprehensive look at today's National Football League action with your hosts, Mike Lynch and Rashad Taylor. You all know what you have to do. Remember, no one, and I mean no one, comes into our house and pushes us around. This is Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, hi. You're going to start in a singing mood today, huh? Oh, well, I mean... I was just I, tweeting. Sorry. We can see out, out the window again. Like That's two weeks in a row for me. Well, so. This is going to be a, a trend. I like it. It's not going away as far as I know. We might have a like a shade or a screen that goes up, but we will still be able to see outside of our windows. That's dope. It makes it feel better in here. It's bright. It's been one of those weird, like, super gloomy weeks, and now this is a really nice feeling. It makes me feel happy. It, it just it lifts your spirits a little bit. Just a little. And it's one of those weird sports days where nothing's really happening, right? We just apparently, I mean, I, I guess we're watching a replay right now. I thought it was live. But Roger Federer won the, <laughs> won the men's championship at the Australian Open. Um, and that's it. That's all that's happening. There's the yeah. Pro Bowl today. But Tiger, Tiger made the cut. Who cares about the Pro Bowl? I mean, no one. Exactly. I used to. The Pro Bowl used to be tight. No, it didn't. I swear it did. Like it, Back when it was competitive, and now it's just like, they might as well just play flag. I'd prefer they just played flag. I would much rather watch them do that because it's not fun to watch guys just barely hit each other, just barely, you know, because they, nobody wants to hurt themselves or, you know, no one else for that matter. So I, I get that, but it's not fun. I say they just do a skills competition and just have that be – what it is. I mean, how would you rather see, you know, football is the one sport. Like Can I baseball, vote for neither? I, I mean, that's that's. Can they option. get rid of the Pro Bowl? I just think they should. It's just, in Orlando just, this year. Yeah. And people want to go to Hawaii. The players want to go to Hawaii, not Orlando. Who doesn't want to go to Disney World? But that's not the point. The point is you're, you used to go to a tropical destination, and now you're going to a place where kids like to enjoy themselves. The NBA, the NFL is thinking fiscally right now, man. They're they're not thinking. The NFL stupid. Yeah. They, well, I mean, you, you wouldn't be the only person that thought about that. But no, I mean, I think it'd be cool to see, man, Brady and Rodgers and Breeze in a skills competition or something like that. Like, I mean, the, those those type of things will be will be super tight. Like, who'd win in a forty between, uh, or uh, or a hundred yard dash between, you know, Odell Beckham and you know, fill in the blank, super fast guy here, you know, Brandon Cooks. Like, I think that would be super tight if we saw stuff like that. But instead, they give you dodgeball and they give you guys like Kirk Cousins and Blake Bortles doing the skills competition, which is fine. I know Jesse loves Kirk Cousins and he's a, he's a good quarterback. But 
Yeah. Future Broncos quarterback. Yeah. And then uh, let's watch all the old guys play Hopefully. flag football with Christine Leahy and other, you know, celebrities that can't really do anything athletically. So super fun, right? Well, it's not uh, this is this this is my hot opinion. All-star games in general suck. Almost universally, they suck. That includes baseball, and that's my favorite sport, and I think baseball's all-star game is the best of the bunch, but no, no fun at all. My one, I like the home run derby. I like the three point contests, and I did like the dunk contest. I guess it kind of was okay last year too. But you know, so there's things about the weekends that are fun. But the end, of, I don't care about a skills competition. Come on, my man. my one. Beef it's at the end the, of the season. Just give me the Super Bowl. Yeah, my my beef with the Major League Baseball All Star Game is the whole home field advantage piece. Like I think that's that's done. That's soup, huh? It's over, though. This was the first year without that again. Oh, that's awesome. See? That's how much I've... I actually followed. liked it because I felt I like I at that point that. That it silly. did give these players... It, the players actually had a reason to play for the game, though. That's, not that's the I'm one thing that's nice. Not if I'm in last place. Not if I'm the Mariners and I'm it, not going anywhere near the playoffs. It, like I, I think they're at, once you get to the point, like, granted, the, 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 at, what I think is worse about it than anything, because I'd rather you keep the the playing for the home field advantage and you get rid of every team has a all-star representative because that is the stupid thing about that because not every team has an all-star let's face it just because yeah. you have a best player does not mean that best player is an all-star but yet baseball forces that idea well it's the trophy it is that's the participation trophy for every team. Well, Mariners, you're never going to win a world uh, a baseball world championship, but guess what? You can have an all-star every year. That is true. That's how the Padres and A's were for a long time. It was the most no-name guy. Like, Brad Hand made it for the Padres last year. If you know who that is, you don't. So that's uh, <laughs> that's an example for you of an all-star, although he did have an all-star worthy season last year. So I guess it's okay. But, uh, yeah, they, since last year, I want to say they stopped doing it for the home field advantage, and now it's the pennant winner with the best record gets home field, which is correct. That is the right way to do it because yeah. that team deserves to have home field advantage because they had the best record in the season of the two teams left. Although, like Jesse, I did like that idea as just a way to make that game more interesting. I just didn't think it was the right way to make it more interesting. But that, I think the thing with the Pro Bowl that sucks for me is it's this week or it was the week after the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. Like, all I care about right now is getting to the Super Bowl, right? We've watched playoffs for the last few weeks. It's been really intense. It's been really exciting. Now we have this stupid week off and... What before, do you mean we have the Pro Bowl? You said that there's still football. What I'm saying is before it used to be just be a week off. And then the Pro Bowl was after the season, which was even worse. So now it's here to try to get people to watch it. I don't care. Well, this is the Give NFL's the way Bowl. to try to make sure they can stay relevant for another another week or so. So make sure that people are still talking about us, even if it's not in a positive way. You know, all publicity is good publicity in the NFL's eyes, you know. So Yeah, there, there will still go. be a good rating for it too. I guarantee it. People will go. people will watch it. I, it it, it used, just doesn't make sense to me why people would. It watch was because it. it was much better. Football's going away a few that's why. years ago because you know the stars got to play in this in the Pro Bowl. Like right now, Brady, who would be a Pro Bowler, is Pro Bowler, is not playing because he's playing in the Super Bowl. Mm. You know, and he so probably wouldn't got, have played anyway if he wasn't. No, I mean, but the, here's the thing: <laughs> they played all the time when the game was the week after, and also you're talking about a trip to Hawaii with your family and everything like that. Also, Man, now that's you're just, on my side. That's a, no, that's an easy sell. Listen, I'm a, I'm an adult. Disney World is awesome. Would love to take my son there at some point. Ah, but it has to be with your son. Yeah. Oh, I'm not going. I mean, what? So again, you're proving my what point. What grown ass man is going to 
to to Disney World by himself. And why like, were you arguing that point? I was, it was sarcasm. Come on, There's no nobody really wants to Come go to on. Disney World, you know, unless you're with your kids. It makes no sense. Hawaii, though, yeah, I'll go to that and I'll play in that. You, you mean talk three quarters football? Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, exactly. At least for the guys going to Hawaii, that's a pretty nice thing. So I don't know. I, I feel like we have this conversation every year, but I'm getting more and more sick of the Pro Bowl as each year goes on. I'm with this guy. Somebody texted and said, what about something like a rookie bowl? Man, I would be okay with that. You know, like, or, or, or the guys that instead of the senior bowl that most of these dudes are playing in, like, why don't you just go ahead and, and, and make that like a, a fun game, competitive game that people want to see. I guess. It's just an exhibition. It's still an exhibition, though, and that's the problem is it doesn't mean anything. And even in a rookie bowl, which might be interesting because all the players would probably want to do it. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they'd try hard. Um, you either, you're either going to see no defense, which is fine, but in, in, it's an embarrassing way to watch it, too. Two years ago, I remember it was like 50-something to 50-something. And I remember watching safeties just let deep touchdowns go over their head. And, you know, they didn't care. And then, or you had, I think it was last year, it was like 21 to 20 because Andy Dalton was the starting quarterback for the AFC. And he sucks. <laughs> and, and also, because now a lot of guys, because it's in Orlando, are like, yeah, I'm good. I don't want to go. I'm not yeah. going to play. I'll go to so. Hawaii myself this week. Thanks. So. I don't need to go to Orlando. No, so you're going to see like guys like Brian Hoyer make the, <laughs> <laughs> make the Pro Bowl because everybody else said no. So we're in that weird dead week of the NFL. It's a really strange kind of Sunday. Uh, thank you for reminding me about PGA Tour. I will throw that on when it starts. I think it's on at 10. Um, on TV on Golf Channel, so we'll put that on. That's some that's something that you Tiger. could watch. I mean, Tiger. he made the cut. He's not in the running at the moment, but but we don't know. He can have one of those Tiger Sundays today and be closer. To he's the top. he's three under par. He's improved. He's actually through three holes already. Sadly, he's not on TV yet. Um, three under par through three. He uh, shot a 72, 71, and seventy. So getting a shot better every single day. And he's currently tied for 38th, but he is also eight shots off the lead. So <laughs> chances of him coming back are slim to none. Slim, but, but at least it'll be something to watch today if you are like me and don't give a rip about the Pro Bowl. Um, so, yeah, I will watch that, and we'll put that on the TV here. To be honest, I probably won't watch sports at all when I go home today. Thank God for Tiger, though, because there'd be no way we'd be talking PGA Tour today. I mean, just consider – well, not not say that we that we wouldn't. but No, we wouldn't. Yeah, but Tiger come, comes It's back. the Farmers Insurance Open. It's not yeah. a major. We Tiger not. coming back all of a sudden. Now we're all just kind of waiting for, for the other shoe to drop and him to go out with a, a – I'm knocking on fake wood here – for him to go out with some type of back or Do you think that's injury. fake wood? Is it? I don't know. I know the, the outside like part wood. is real, but I'm not sure about this other – this other part. Yeah, I, the, this the only reason we're talking about it is Tiger. And, yes, I am waiting for Tiger Woods to injure himself again. But he has looked good. Uh, the one thing that I will say is when I've noticed him come back from injuries prior to this, he still looks a little bit off, you know, like he's forcing it or he's changed so much his his hitting stroke because of his injuries. It didn't seem that way when I watched him play on, I think it was Thursday or Friday when I watched him a little bit. So uh, we'll see. We'll see if he's able to stay healthy. It'd be nice. I, I don't know if he's ever going to turn back into a contender for winning a bunch of tournaments, but you never know. Jason Day's in the running, though. Justin Rose is in the running, running both eight under par. So those are guys to watch it for. JB Holmes, Ryan Palmer, if you want to watch some U.S. guys, are both near the top of the leaderboard. So, uh, yeah. That's on today. That's your sports for today. The Pro Bowl, which you shouldn't watch because who cares? And PGA Tour because why not? There's an, there's some NBA on today, isn't there? I mean, okay. But it's, 
Of course there's NBA We're on We're just today. not I mean, there's NBA on year. like every yeah, day I find until... the NBA this year so boring. Right? I, I know that the storylines are crazy and there's a lot of drama happening, but in terms of watching the games, I'm just not into it right you, now. You know how I know it's boring? Is because I know how much Rashad is an NBA guy, how, how they love watching as a family NBA during the holidays, and he doesn't even know if there's a game on today. Yeah, of course, no games on today. And here's the cold part. Like, I don't have Comcast, so I don't get Blazer games. It's the one team that I can't see, and it's so frustrating. So I have to, you know, go to a bar or go to a friend's house, but it's not that oh, important. No. They're not that good to actually have to, to, to leave the house anymore. But, yeah. It's, They've never it's, been that good. I mean, at a point, they, they were. That, that LaMarcus Dame, West Matthews team was really good. Hey, do you want to watch <laughs> Suns Rockets? On NBA TV at 12.30? Absolutely. Are you kidding me? It's going to be a lot of three-pointers taken in that game. Watch the Suns. Hey, man, I like Devin Booker. He's going to be cold, man. And then Sixers Thunders at three on ESPN. That's a decent game. Sixers Thunder, yeah. Roberson's out, and that'll hurt their defense a lot. So, Yeah, but does Roberson really, you know? He was their glue guy, their defensive glue guy. So we'll see. That's about as much NBA as we're going to do. Now, we'll probably talk a little bit of Blazers uh, later in the show. I know it's still football Sunday, but I want to get a little, little... Little bit of Blazer talk in, considering they've been playing really well lately. But and also considering there's nothing else to talk about in sports today. I suppose. Well, we got a lot of NFL on the show today. Text us on the fan text line at five five three zero five, and you can find us on Twitter at ten eighty the fan at Mike Lynch twenty seven and at TaylorMade five zero three. Uh, we will do a quick recap of last week's games. I don't want to spend too much time on it because it's been a week, but we haven't had a chance to talk about them yet. So I'll be coming up next as well as which NFL playoff team is going to take a step back next year. There's an obvious choice, but there's also a couple of others that could certainly have it happen to them. Uh, We want to talk about basically all the NFL head coaching jobs have been filled either officially or unofficially looking at you, McDaniels and Patricia, as we wait for the Super Bowl to be over. Uh, So we'll talk about the fits that we see there. Also want to get into some of the quarterback talk that's been surrounding the NFL the last week or so about the free agents and about the NFL draft. So that's all coming up. Plus, Hater to love it at 10.30 in the second hour of the show. And again, text us at the fan text line at 55305. Coming up next, though, a quick recap of last week's games, plus which playoff team from this year is going to take a big step back next year. This is Football Sunday on the Fan. Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Nine eighteen here on your Sunday morning. Mike Lynch, Rashad Taylor with you. Jesse Osmond here as well as we are in the dead week prior to the Super Bowl. Next week will be our final football Sunday of the season. We will be doing a full preview of the Super Bowl plus whatever other NFL news is going on uh, next week. And then we'll switch back to Sports Sunday and we'll go full whatever the hell we want to talk about. That's what's up. One All-Star game we did forget about, though, the NHL All-Star game is awesome. Is it, though? Uh, absolutely. Have you ever watched the hockey all-star game? I've seen the skills challenge. Nah, bro. That game, Because number one, it's the one sport that you can actually play full bore. And Don't they play three-on-three three or something in the all-star game? Something crazy like that? I don't, I don't, I don't know if there's a three-on... Might be a three-on-three three game. Or... Are you saying you've watched it? I've watched the all-star <laughs> game. No, the all-star game is tight. The skills competition is, is super fresh. But yeah, the all-star game itself is... is Look, I, it, just doesn't, it just doesn't interest me. I don't care. I, I've tried to care. I just I can't care about it. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. It's okay. I'm sorry, people. <laughs> I, I, I can't. 
Sorry to, to burst your bubble there. Um, quick recap of last week's games in the NFL and championship weekend. You had one really, really good game and one really, really boring game. Uh, we'll just quickly do the boring game. Eagles destroyed the Vikings 38-7 to in the NFC title game. Case Keenum looked like bad Case Keenum again. He looked really bad. Like if, if he was making bad throws, he was not comf comfortable in the pocket. Meanwhile, Nick Foles looked very good. Told you. Eagles defense looked really good. And honestly, it just from the game, I mean, the Vikings scored on their first drive. And at that point, you're like, whoa, okay. And it was a nice pass from Keenum. I believe it was over the top to Kyle Rudolph, if I remember correctly. 25-yard mm -hmm. uh, catch. Yeah, that was Rudolph's only catch of the game. Um, it just, the way it went was after that score, they pressured Keenum so much, the Eagles did, that he had no time to throw. And when he did, he made poor decisions, and he got hit a bunch of times, and he threw a couple of picks because of it. Running game couldn't get going. And when your leading receiver and target getter is your running back, that's not a good thing. So congrats to the Eagles defense for being so much better than we thought they would be, even mm. though we knew they were good. And then congrats to Nick Foles for having a, maybe the game of his life. No, they, they, that defense, you know, played their butt off. Like they, who holds a team to 10 rushing yards? Only one sack. Total. Like throughout the game, Minnesota had 10. Uh, it was, it was, it was so crazy. Like, and then Nick Foles kind of talked about him last week, and uh, some people still weren't sold. You look up, you got two backups going against each other. Hey, man, Nick Foles is not a backup. Nick Foles, he's he got put on the bench because he had two quarterbacks that were quote unquote better than him. But uh, Carson that, Wentz is better than him. Carson Wentz is better than him, absolutely. But you don't let a guy who's bad at quarterback throw the ball thirty three times. It just you don't you don't you don't if you want to protect your team you don't let a bad quarterback throw the ball thirty three times you let a guy that you have supreme confidence in throw the ball thirty three times and it worked because he had what three hundred and fifty two yards and three touchdowns no picks against a really good defense so you look at somebody who's confident and saying that man I can I can be he just did this to this defense do you think he can't he's not thinking I can do this to the Patriots well, absolutely I, look I, I tried to warn you guys about the Vikings defense they look really good but they've had issues this year and. Uh, we saw it in that game. The Vikings defense, it wasn't that Foles was that good, and he was good. Did you see the amount of blown coverages they had? You see Harrison Smith, who's one of the best safeties in the game, blow three coverages that led to three touchdowns? What on earth? I, I, it, was, I, it was insane how bad they played. That uh, It baffled me because I could understand Minnesota's offense stalling the way they did not playing as well because I agree in the fact that I I have more faith in the the Nick Foles than I do in the Case Keenum like I don't think Case Keenum's uh nearly what he was this year I think it's more of the products that he has around him mm -hmm. uh but that defense that defense has been legit all year that's the first time you've ever seen any sort of cracks and they didn't just crack they they fell apart, and it that was a complete yeah. meltdown. That yeah. blew me blew me away. Yeah, it was. It was I'm not Harrison Smith is one of the best safeties, if not the best safety in the game. Strong and, safety, yeah. He's, he's, and he's, he messed up so many times on big plays where he just got completely faked out by a route, or he was late in coverage, or he didn't go the right. It was insane watching how many times he messed up. Yeah, it wasn't just him, but he was pinpointed out by being almost like the scapegoat in, in a sense, but. Well, I mean, as a safety, you have really one job, and it's don't get beat deep. 
And he got beat deep, like you said, three times. And whenever that happens, you start looking like, okay, it's time for you to come sit down. But he did have six tackles. You know, he I think he was second on his team in tackles that day. So he, Easy to have six tackles when they're throwing the ball over your head and you have to go chase a guy down. I mean, hey. And so he had six tackles. <laughs> I, mean, I don't think anybody on that defense would say they had a good game. Like, no. Really it's – no, you you let a team hang uh, what thirty eight points on you. You didn't have a good game. No, and they could have they could have hung more if they really wanted to. It seemed like so that game sucked. It was really really hard to watch after the first quarter. Um, the first game of the day was super exciting, and it was the first time that ninety six percent of the country were, were Jacksonville Jaguar fans, and the ja- look the Jags looked. Like they had it in the bag. Impressive. Impressive. What was I telling you guys all for you were a nervous. week? Like, you were nervous. I don't want to play this team. Man, they they just, they're everywhere on defense. So here, to me, I don't want to go too in-depth again. Just a quick recap. But to me, the, the complete turning point of the game were the penalties the Jaguars had at the end of the first half. They had the ball in the Patriots' offensive zone, well over midfield, up. I want to say 14 to 3. And they they got the ball into the Patriots end. They had the great pass completion that got them the first down to like the 15-yard line, but it was called back for a delay of game. After the delay of game, there was the Blake Bortles sack that was called holding that pushed them back another 10 yards and then knocked them out of field goal range. And they couldn't kick a field goal. They punted to the Patriots. Then the Patriots get the ball, and that was the drive of the uh, church unnecessary roughness on Gronk, which was a good mm-hmm. call. It was the pass interference on A.J. Bouye on the deep ball to Brandon Cooks, which I didn't think was a very good call, borderline at best. And there was another penalty on that drive by the Jaguars that led to the Patriots' touchdown. They were playing a really sound game. They were playing exactly how they wanted to play. And at the end of the first half, where all they needed to do was run some clock and kick a field goal to go up 17-3 in halftime. They start making penalty after penalty after penalty after penalty. The elite defense makes penalty after penalty. All of a sudden, it's 14-10, to and the momentum is all shifted from that point on. So you said something. You said the elite defense, and that they are. They're also young defense, and a young defense that thought that, man, this game was over for the most part, and they got a little more aggressive. You know that, and that's what that's where the, a lot of these penalties come from. Is you're, you're trying to do too much to make sure that you can keep a lead or that you can uh, come back in a game. And they got uber aggressive on that last couple of plays and didn't want. And they knew that Brady could drive it up the field on them and score. And that's exactly what they did. But it those penalties definitely didn't help. And I think coming, there's no better second half team in the league. I don't think anybody thought that game was over. I think you thought Jacksonville had an opportunity to win, but everybody knew that this, there's a whole another. I, I did. I was waiting. I, I had this in the back of my head the whole game. I was waiting for the Pats to come back, right? I Even though the Jags had the lead, I was waiting for New England to make their run to come back. I only had one moment in the game where I went, oh, bleep, I think Jackson might win this. And it was when the Patriots resorted to trick plays because they couldn't get moving against the offense. And on the first trick play they did, the little pass to Amendola who passed it back to Deion Lewis. Mm-hmm. Was it Lewis who fumbled the ball? Who then fumbled it on the Miles Jack great play? That to me, I went, holy crap, the Jags are going to win this. 
And then, of course, the refs don't allow Miles Jack to run it back because they call him down when he wasn't down. That was a momentum shift because the Jags just went three and out and punted it back to the Patriots. But that one moment was the only time in the game that I really thought the Jags would win. Every other time I was like, yeah, the Pats got this game. They're going to come back. I I guess uh, so. I'm I'm just going to have that voice for everybody out there because I know this is a, a large voice that, that came out on on uh, on Facebook and. When I was watching this game, what I noticed... The conspiracy theory voice? Uh, well, it's not the conspiracy theory voice. It's just it comes down to what I saw. And what I saw in this game was um, refs that were allowing the cornerbacks and the wide receivers to play a physical game on the outside. They were slapping each other's arms. They were doing a little bit of tugging on both sides. And honestly, if you looked at every single play, you probably could have called defensive or offensive pass interference, which is probably why they were letting him to go that way late in the second quarter the biggest penalty was a long pass interference play it was which like a to 45 me yard pass yeah was exactly like every other play that i had seen and if you're gonna let the players play that way let them play that way don't decide one play you're gonna change that and so that is obviously really early in the game and it is not the play or, you know, you're not going to say they lost the game because of that, but that was a gigantic, huge momentum changer. And like everybody else, there just needs to become a point where pass interference just needs to be a 15 yard penalty. Like everything else. It's just, it, it's becoming an egregious thing. It's, like that's a just, joke. Loki. It really is. The Broncos have, have, um, have greatly been affected by that in a, in a positive way, but that needs to go away. That spot, is one of the being a spot foul. It, it yeah. being a spot foul is egregious because it's it's one of those things. You're letting them play that way, and then just you decide not to. That should not be that big of an impact when I, you, it's been playing a, a certain way all game. I do think that was the biggest play of the game. I think that pass interference play was the reason the Jaguars lost. I'm not kidding. Tom Brady couldn't get anything. Nope, he could not find an open receiver the entire first half. It was a lot of underneath passes, and that was it. And on the first true deep shot that he took, it was a 50-50 ball, a 50-50 play where both Cooks and Bouye were tugging at each other. That was going out of bounds, by the way. Mm -hmm. And they call a pass interference to the 5 or 10-yard line. You think Tom Brady's not going to throw a touchdown from the 10-yard line? Right? You're crazy. Yeah. So that was the moment there that they lost the game. Now... Nathaniel Hackett called the worst offensive game plan in the of his life in the second half, calling the most passive stuff yep. I've ever seen. After the whole first half, he allowed them to be aggressive. They played not to lose in the second half, which is also a reason why they lost. I don't want to blame it all on the penalties and the momentum and the refs, but I mean, look, they they did not call the game well in the second half. And I, there it's funny. A- I, I've got a very big connection to Doug Marone and Nathaniel Hackett. Both were Syracuse coaches when Marone was there. Hackett was Syracuse's offensive coordinator. He is not a good offensive coordinator. Mm. He was getting so much praise during the game. And maybe, and I'm sure he's improved over his time in the NFL with, with Marone with him. But from what I remember, he called the most vanilla, safe, boring offense that lost more games than it won because you're playing not to lose. Mm-hmm. And I understand you got Blake Bortles. You can't do very much. But he proved to you in the first half that he was up for the challenge of doing a lot. And if it wasn't for even a Stephon Gilmore incredible defensive tip where he was wow. flying through and the air. Man, that's when I lost it. That uh, was a perfect pass. Yeah, it really and was a good, great it pass. It was Keenan Cole, right? He would have caught yeah. it 
in the red zone for a first down that might have actually won the game. For he the was Jags. like on the five yard line. It's possible because just the way Gilmore was going up for that. If Gilmore misses that, it's a wrap. Cole's just. He's I mean, he's in. high stepping into, he's the, walk end into the end zone. Yeah. He, Cole was kind of falling, but he still might have like rolled into the end like, zone. You know? Yeah, there was nobody there to touch him. Like he was close enough. Cole's getting in the end zone if he catches that. That's all I was thinking. I was like, this is it. That and was the play of the year. Gilmore that, that made Gilmore a great play. play. Gilmore made a great play. How did he stay in the air for so long? Oh. I don't know. Angels Magic in the outfield. Boots. That's exactly what it was. Angels in the red zone. Man. Christopher Lloyd picked them up. And Foster kid <laughs> really liked the Patriots, way. and you know needs him to win the Super Bowl. Wanted to wanted to keep uh, wanted wanted to have Bill Belichick be his dad. Okay, and uh, you know just like Donald Glover and the, and the Danny Glover. Glover. Yeah. yeah. So now now I'm gonna see. That's the weird thing to me. To, now Donald Glover is the premier Glover, but Danny Glover is the the original Glover. I'm too old for this. <laughs> yeah. I love Danny Glover. Yeah. I want to go see. Uh, it was Angels in the Red Zone. That's I want to go was. see. Uh, there you go. Flying. Angels in the Red Zone. I want to go see Lethal Weapon when it came out in the drive-in. That's cool. It's kind of tight. I've only been to a drive-in theater once. You should go. It's in Newburgh. I, yeah. I've driven past that one. Yeah. I, I went to one in Wisconsin when I first met my wife. And um, it was okay. It. The movies we saw weren't very good. I liked the idea of just like hanging out in the car and having your own snacks and just kind of doing whatever. The movies? Well, sort of. Oh, okay. It's <laughs> not why you go to driving. <laughs> sort of. That's exactly why you go to drive-ins, kids. Just so you know. I, well, I mean, I saw Willow as a kid from the drive-in, laying on top of the Willow's an awesome the van. Movie. It was awesome. Yeah, no, like you get go there, lay a blanket on top of the van, crawled up there, you know, watched Willow. It was pretty cool. You know. You don't do that anymore. Like, that's just not a thing anymore. Well, there's one place left in Newburgh. Yeah, Newburgh. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, right. I have family there that goes there every once in a while. We got a break. Coming up next, which of the teams that made the playoffs this year is uh, due for a fall off next year? And let's make this a little bit more interesting. I'm going to ignore the Bills as an option here because I believe the Bills would be the easy answer. So, ignoring the Bills, which team in the playoffs is due for a fall-off next year? This is Football Sunday on the Fan, but first, Jesse has SportsCenter. Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 39 here on football Sunday on your Sunday morning. Super Bowl's next week. We'll be doing a full Super Bowl preview show next week. Really don't want to talk about the game at all this week because we no, gotta save, we gotta save it we all. Gotta, yeah, we gotta dissect it really every yeah. which way. We got two hours next week for Super Bowl talk. Although we probably should get all the stuff out because by the time we get to the game next week, everybody's gonna be so tired of listening to stuff about the game like when does media day start like tuesday i don't know i think the problem is going to be is that no one talks about the game until friday so i don't know if people are going to be tired yet it's going to be a lot of the stupid storylines that come up you know did you know jerome bettis is from detroit you know that kind of what that was the storyline when the steelers played in in the at ford fields he's from here but that was kind of cool he gets to retire in his hometown after winning the super bowl still still though it was one of those like we get it He's from a place that the Super Bowl is in. Cool. I'm sure that's happened before to a lot of people. Um, so we'll talk all about the Super Bowl next week, so don't expect much of that today. But we did want to have this conversation. And again, we're going to ignore the Bills because I think they're the easy answer. Out of the teams who made the playoffs this year, 
which one takes the step back next year? So that would be Patriots, Steelers, Jags, Titans, Chiefs, Eagles, Vikings, Saints, Panthers, Falcons, Rams. Out of all of those teams, which team takes the step back and I guess either doesn't make the playoffs or even has a pretty poor season next year? Um, well, like you said, the easy answer would be that team in Buffalo, New York. Yes. That's not what we're going to say. I am going to go ahead and say uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars are the team that I think takes uh, the biggest step backwards. Um, this year, they caught a lot of people by surprise. Everybody, you know, mainly. So I think next year everybody's going to know that they're coming. Everybody's going to see you coming, and everybody's going to have that game circled on their schedule. Also, next year they're going to have a winning schedule. So they're going to have, a, have much, a first place schedule. They're going to a first place schedule. So they're going to have a much tougher um, season than they had this year. This year they played, out of all the teams, they played one, um, two, two of those teams, three of those teams, or two of them were in the playoffs. You know, the Titans and the the Steelers. Yep. Now, mind you, they won, or at least one of those games. No, they lost both games against the Titans, so they only beat the Steelers. So they beat one playoff uh, team the entire run, and including the Steelers twice. And then who did they play? The week before the Steelers, I can't even remember right now. Who did they play the week before the Steelers? Was it the Titans? No. Yeah, because uh, no, yeah, it was uh, they they played San Francisco week sixteen, and they played uh, the the Titans. The Bills. They played the Bills. Yeah, they, they played, played the Bills. Okay, and, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, so the, that so, game was so bad we forgot. So about the it. Bills, not a good team. Um, the Titans, an okay team, and the Steelers, who was just a, a VH1 show of a team. You know what I mean? Those are the three teams in the AFC that they beat. So uh, I think they're going to – everybody's going to see them coming. They're going to take a little bit of a step backwards. And unless Blake Bortles has an incredible season or, like Lynch has been saying, they go ahead and get a new trigger man in Jacksonville, I think they're the one team that kind of takes a step backwards. Uh, the Jags are, I, I think, another quote-unquote easy choice in this one that I'm trying to resist taking because um, I know the division is going to be better next year. AFC South should be improved, right? Deshaun Watson will be back healthy, hopefully, for the for the Texans. Andrew Luck will be back healthy, hopefully, for the Colts with the new head coach and Josh McDaniels. Uh, Mariota is going to have a new offensive coordinator that's supposed to build an offense around him. He has another year to get better and improve. And then you got Bortles or whatever quarterback they decide to take free agency-wise uh, in Jacksonville. Now, the reason I say I don't think Jacksonville is the team to fall off is because I think that defense is so nasty that no matter what happens on their with their quarterback situation, they could still make the playoffs as a wild card team or division winner just because of how good that defense was. That defense was suffocating, including against the Patriots for three quarters. I mean, it, it's that good, and it's all their guys, and it's all for the most part young guys. They got you know Calais Campbell and guys like that that are a little bit older, but um, Blake Jackson. But I, I think that defense is going to keep them in the conversation for years to come because of just how good it is. We've seen it before where top defenses will keep pretty average offenses in the conversation for a very long time, and I think that's going to happen with the Jags. Now, the team for me, there's two of them that I'm worried about moving into next year, the first of which is the Carolina Panthers. I really just don't like that the way that team is built offensively. Um, their defense is good, very good, but remember last year it was really bad. It had a really bad year before this year coming back and turning into a good defense again. Luke Keekley got another concussion 
in the playoff game, if I'm mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, right? Wasn't it in the mm-hmm. playoff game that he got hurt again? I mean, he's had 10 and he wanted to retire almost last year due to concussions. Um, it, Cam Newton has to be amazing for the Panthers to make the playoffs. And this year he was. This year he was able to put the team on his back and really push them to the playoffs. Now they lost immediately. But he he was the guy. It has to be all him if they're going to do it. So that's one team that I, I could certainly see falling back out of the playoff picture. And the other team is the Chiefs. And it, almost has, it has nothing to do with the Chiefs as a team. Even if Alex Smith leaves, Patrick Mahomes looked good in his lap, in the Week 17 game. And I could see him certainly continuing that their offense in a, in a steady way. But... I'm looking at the rest of the AFC West, which was already bunched up to begin with most of the time, and I'm looking at three other teams that could potentially turn into contending teams again. Mm-hmm. You have the Raiders now with John Gruden, who could take a step forward again. Uh, you have the Chargers, who almost made the playoffs last year, who for the first time in like four years, it didn't feel like they were screwing everything up, yeah. even though they kind of were, but they still finished nine and seven. So they just didn't get hurt this year. And I think that was the big thing. Like every, that, that's been the story for the Chargers the past couple of years. They just, they just keep getting hurt, but even still getting hurt, they were just always in those games. Like this year, it was just a matter of not being able to finish games. And Denver was the worst of all of them. And it, they're a quarterback away from being a contender again, too, because their roster isn't that bad. Their quarterback is really bad. And their O-line was pretty bad. So if they can fix that through the draft and free agency, then all of a sudden they're back in the picture. So I think the Chiefs would still be good next year, but they're going to have a lot stiffer competition in their division than they did this year. Whereas I think the Jaguars' defense is going to be good enough to keep them in the playoff conversation. So I'm going to say Chiefs and Panthers are the two teams I'm most worried about sticking in the playoff conversation from this year. Um, I and So... I have two as well. Uh, I'm going to go one from the NFC, one from the AFC. One, uh, which I think is probably going to maybe shock you guys, one would be the Vikings. I think they're going to take a big step back because, one, uh, Case Keenum, I think, is more of what we saw in the NFC championship game than what we – what people thought they saw of him during the regular season. We don't know if he's going to be their quarterback. So we don't know he's going to be their quarterback. Exactly. Uh, Sam Bradford has not proven – he can stay healthy. Like that's been the story literally of his whole career. He's had one basically season where he's been able to stay healthy. That's it. Um, even, even the Vikings aren't sold on him on that, on that aspect. Then, then you have Teddy Bridgewater who he's fine. I, I mean, you go look at him. I think he's like 17 and 17 touchdowns is like the most he's thrown in a season, which, you know, he's only got a couple seasons under his belt, but he's, He's fine. Like, he's not going to really elevate your team beyond what they are today and or this season. And I, I think this is – this might have been the peak of what you get out of that roster this year. Like, they had magic in a bottle. They were playing for a Super Bowl in their own stadium. Um, and they lost it in the FC Championship game. And I, that might be one of those things where they talk about a Super Bowl hangover. That might be a – we lost our chance to play in our own stadium hangover next year. And then on the AFC side of things, I really like your Kansas City pick because I think Kansas City is what they are. I think they're basically a 10-win team every year, and that sometimes is not good enough, and sometimes it is. Yep. Um, this year, I always obviously, say 8 to 10 wins for yeah. them is kind of their range. Um, the Titans. Like, I just uh, – you. I'm curious to see how that head coaching situation shakes out because – you didn't go and get an offensive-minded guy. Now, you did go and get a guy, and this is what I do like about it, a, a guy who's willing to 
change the system in favor of what Mariota's skill sets are. So more of a college-like system, maybe something more of what Philadelphia is going to be playing with. But you're going to be playing with a rookie uh, head coach next year. And you just haven't shown enough for me in that division when you have Deshaun Watson coming back to to prove to me that you're the third best team in that division. And or Andrew Luck coming back team. too. Yeah, yeah. I, but I, I think they're going to be fighting for third next year, not not second place in the division. All right. Text your thoughts in, your own picks of which team you think is going to take the step back, except the Bills, because that's an easy answer. Not the Bills, guys. Um, text them into the fan text line at 55305 or tweet them at us at Tenady the Fan at Mike Lynch27 and at TaylorMade503. Uh, coming up next, do you want to go into the quarterbacks that are going to be drafted or signed as free agents? Or do you want to go into the head coaches? that have been hired by all of the various teams who fired their head coaches. Where would you like to start? Uh, We're going to talk about both, but where would you like to start? Well, we can start with the quarterbacks. All right. Yeah. We'll start with the quarterbacks. Kind of just where do you expect these guys to land? What do you think each team that needs a quarterback needs the most? Is it a rookie? Is it one of the free agent guys? And who do you think out of the rookies is going to have the most impact? So that's all coming up next here on Football Sunday on The Fan. Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Last segment here of the first hour of the show. We are going till 11 o'clock today. Fan text lines 55305 if you'd like to text and interact with us during the show. Wanted to shift gears into looking ahead a little bit to this coming year in the NFL season. Got the NFL draft coming up in a couple of months. Free agent quarterbacks are out there. Free agency. I'm excited for NFL free agency this year. Usually pretty exciting. Um, but this year, it feels like one of those rare years where there are actually options for your quarterback spot, where normally it feels like every team that needs a quarterback needs to draft a good quarterback or else they're stuck. This year, it doesn't feel that way. You've got Kirk Cousins out there. You potentially have Eli Manning out there, although the Giants GM said he... You might want to keep him. Um, Rashad talking about in the break, you might have Nick Foles as an option if the Eagles are trying to trade him and using his good uh, performance in the playoffs. You've got potentially Case Keenum out there. You've got potentially Sam Bradford out there. You've got potentially Teddy Bridgewater out there, depending what the Vikings decide to do. There's all sorts of options that, you, that you've got free agency-wise. Plus, in the draft, you have three guys who are being considered top five picks for sure. And then two guys whose draft stocks seem to be rising lately, plus some others in uh, all five total in Josh Rosen, Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, plus some others that are kind of being thrown into the list as well. So you've got options if you're looking for a quarterback. Um, but for the first time, to me, personally, the smart decision is to get one of the free agents. To me. Because... Honestly, I just don't trust any of the quarterbacks in this draft. I know that a bunch of them are really highly regarded. I know people love Sam Darnold and they love Josh Rosen, et cetera. I don't trust them. I don't. Sam Darnold did not look good this season at USC. He didn't. I know some of his offensive line was hurt or all of his offensive line was hurt, if you want to argue that. But he was making poor throws. He had poor decision-making um, throughout most of the season. Josh Allen – or sorry, Josh Rosen – was really good on the field, 
But then all of a sudden, all these concerns about whether or not he wanted it enough started popping up. And you've already seen him kind of get into some stuff behind the scenes. Maybe not anything crazy, but just kind of be one of those people. Now, I like that he's outspoken, but that'll also lead him into some trouble if he's outspoken about the wrong things with his team around. Josh Allen was awful this year, but he's got all the measurables. But in, I want to say it was the senior bowl or in one of the things that he was doing, apparently he missed a lot of easy throws. So I don't know why he's so highly regarded outside of just he's tall and has the right quarterback body. And then Baker Mayfield is getting all this pub, Heisman winner, all this kind of stuff. But Baker Mayfield, to me, just feels like a more stable Johnny Manziel. Um, I know people don't love the Johnny Manziel comparison. I, I don't, I'm not saying that in terms of his skill set. I'm saying that in terms of his style of play. Mm-hmm. He's a little bit all over the place. He likes to take a lot of risks. Um, he doesn't use his legs that much. He's a lot more, he's a better quarterback than Menzel was, but he's just that style of player. Plus he's also had some issues off the field in the past as well, including attempting to run from the cops while drunk, which was caught on video. I don't like Lamar Jackson in the NFL just because he just doesn't, he, he, he just reminds me of a guy who padded his stats in an offense that let him throw the ball a lot, but guys who rely on their legs in the NFL also get in trouble and he does rely on his legs a lot. So I'm a little bit nervous about that. Basically, I don't love anybody. Um, To me, the safest bet is Sam Darnold, but I don't love him either. So that's why I say let's go free agent. Let's go get a guy who's proven it already. He can be your quarterback. And let's go see that route first and then better your team through the draft getting some other positions. Um, I mean, I think when you talk about the draft, you're talking about building for the future. And unfortunately, as I look at this list of free agents – as, as far as quarterbacks concerned, I don't think there's any any one of these dudes you're talking about a future with. Like um, Kirk, Cousins. Kirk Cousins, possibly. You know, yes, Kirk Cousins is the one guy on this list that you're like Drew Brees. There's, I mean, what are the chances he leaves New Orleans? But, Zero. <laughs> you know, and and if he does leave New Orleans, how long is Drew Brees really going to give you? He's going to go to a contender to play one, maybe two years, and then that's it. Teddy Bridgewater, mm, Case Keenum. We don't know anything about Teddy Bridgewater right now. We don't. Now. But he we, was well, great before. Here's he what we know. And and the season that he played, Case Keenum is better. So there there there's there's that. Case Keenum is available. Uh, Josh McCown, Sam Bradford, none of the guys that are really on the market. Alex Smith, Alex Smith, quite possibly. You know, so none of the guys that are really on the market. No, Jimmy nobody Garoppolo. said. Nobody said. And I'm gonna say it once and not say it no more. Nobody said Colin Kaepernick. I'm gonna just leave that out there though. But it's all good. He's missed the season. We can just go ahead and say Kaepernick won't be playing in the NFL. Tyrod Taylor. Again, like you'd love Tyrod. I know. Do you think Tyrod would work really well for your Denver Broncos? But I prefer Kirk uh, Cousins. But I, I think Tyrod. Now, I, I've actually changed my mind about that. I used to say I preferred Tyrod Taylor, but after watching more Kirk Cousins this year, I want I want Kirk Cousins. <laughs> I don't know. I, th- I think if you're you know a, a team that's looking to rebuild, you know if you, if you're the uh, you're the Broncos, you're because um, remember the Broncos know. have a top five pick this year. Yeah. So they yeah. could either draft a quarterback. Or they can go free agency with the quarterback, and yeah. that's the case with all the teams that need quarterbacks. The yeah. Browns, I think, if you, you look the at the Giants, the, potentially the Jets, you know, some of these teams that really are looking for a quarterback. Like, I think it would be smart to man get your guy for the future. Like, I mean, I, I, you've seen what, what's out there, what free agents are available. Man, I think you you gamble on Josh Rosen. Like, if you're Elway, and you've really got the, you know, you're you got you're going to get a top five quarterback. You're going to get you're going to get a top two quarterback. So. Whoever is taken first, you're going to get the other guy. Like that's now that's what, I, I mean, you wouldn't. I mean, you guys are Broncos fans. You guys wouldn't take the well, take the rookie quarterback. I, I, mean. I think I would take him, but I also wouldn't want to take him to be the starter because 
we've seen now the Elway drafting quarterback thing hasn't worked out a little recently. It doesn't work out for many. Um, but still, he's made some pretty bad choices. Yeah, is that El- I mean, yeah, has he I mean, ever had an opportunity to pick this high in the draft and take that guy? No, he got, no. well, he got Von Miller. Difference. I mean, his when first you got to pick the Von quarterback Miller. in the third round, and he happens to be well, Brock Osweiler. Remember last year, he drafted up to get Paxton Lynch, which has turned into an absolute disaster. Yeah, but that's also late. And, and honestly, if you actually go back and look at the history of draft, like quarterbacks that go in the 20s, like literally, there's like two, and that that right. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, and then somebody else. So, but that so was that was just a bad decision. decision. Yes, that yeah. that that's not saying that it was just that's what it is. Is like that's what happens when you get scared and you get needy and you need this and you know you need this and you don't have it in your cupboard and you're not going to get anything on free agents. You make a a rash bad decision. Well, that's why I say this year though, yeah. where all the free agents are that are available, and I. Look, Kirk Cousins is option number A for me, mm-hmm. and it should be for most teams. And I guarantee you it's for the Broncos as well. Because Breeze yeah. is not leaving New Orleans, uh, and I wouldn't go for Breeze because he's 39 years old. But there's a lot of options this year of guys, including Alex Smith, who I think is a really good quarterback for a team out there that that needs a solid quarterback. I like Tyrod Taylor. Uh, I understand Jimmy Garoppolo most likely staying in San Francisco, but if in some way he's not, obviously he's, he's not a guy leaving. that you need um, to go after. There's no way. Well, it's a, a story franchise. It's him. in California. Brand You're, new stadium. Three yeah, brand years new old. stadium. Uh, like you have a a coach that is one of the young, bright, offensive minds. Like there's no way Jimmy G's leaving. So that's why I say, free agents for me as a Broncos fan, I want a free agent quarterback. Well, so to your to your question, the, that's okay. The if thing Kirk about Cousins, Kirk Cousins I is, I, I would say, yeah, that's my first choice on the Broncos. Here's the problem though, is that then now if you have Kirk Cousins, you have like 50 million guaranteed every year to two players between um, Von Miller and your quarterback. And honestly, you just can't do that. So the the smart business decision is not taking Kirk Cousins. Is to be honest, I've I've said it, I've said it on this um show. I I like Tyrod Taylor. I think he's a, a good quarterback. I think he's a starter in this league. I don't think he's a franchise quarterback though. And that's where it's like um it when you're in a position, this is a very rare position for the Broncos. They're not like the Browns where they pick top 5 every year. This they don't do this very often. So this is a unique situation, and it's one where the Broncos have never taken a franchise quarterback in the top five. Like it's just they've never done that in their history, and I think this might be that year. Although when did they draft it, Elway? Was that uh, top five? He technically wasn't drafted by them. Well, yeah, but he I'm, was traded to them. But yeah, he was. But I mean, if you want to go by, t- uh, yes, but he was not drafted by the Broncos. Is is what I'm getting at? Is like if you you can construe it that way, but he what the Broncos have never like been in the draft and taken a a, a quarterback. Anyways, with that being said, um, th- this year I think the smart move is because there's somebody that's not being talked about at all. That's supremely talented, has won a Heisman, um, could have won a Heisman again this year, but they didn't want to give it to him two years in a row, and that's Lamar Jackson. And you could very easily, it, it, so so listen to Mike. All right, this is how you get a guy like this is where you get your left tackle top five. You go in the second round, you get a guy like Lamar Jackson. In free agency, you get a guy like Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor's your bridge guy. Lamar Jackson's your future. Your left tackle, well, keeps Tyrod Taylor and your future alive. Interesting. All right. That's Jesse's plan. Uh, We got to talk a little bit more about this coming up next, but we are way over the clock, so we'll take a break now. And I do want to talk about the guys in college who are coming out because obviously they're going to be taken high. And even though I don't love them and have talked about them, I want to get your guys' opinions on it as well. 
Again, fan text line 55305. That is next. Football Sunday on the fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.